Hello listeners, and thank you for joining me on this, the second episode of Picking at Perfection, the podcast. Now, as you can hopefully hear, I have upgraded my microphone, so audio quality should be much better moving forward. Though whilst using it during this episode, it has unfortunately picked up some of the background noise caused by my puppy, so I do apologise for that. Now to the episode. I really enjoyed recording this fun, open and honest chat with my friend Ruth Mayhew. Ruth is the senior event officer for my local council and she is tasked with entertaining the local town with events as well as making them as inclusive and accessible as possible. We discuss the challenges she faces and conquers in her day-to-day work as well as the importance of community. Whilst quite a serious topic we managed to have some laughs along the way so I do hope you enjoy. So Ruth, to start us off, I like to ask our guests what their personal definition of perfection is. My definition of perfection is perception. I think that's really important because everybody's, how you view perfection is your very own perception of it, which in itself makes it different to yours, to mine, to anything. Because if I would say to you, okay, you're coming over to my house for dinner and I'm going to make you lasagna for dinner you instantly put an image in your head of what that lasagna looks like. So, has it got a crispy top? Has it got a soft top? (laughs) Has it got bechamel in the middle? Everything is different for everybody. But Mm. that perfection, for me, I could put you, I could put you your lasagna on your plate and on the side, I'd put you some peas. But you might be like, I don't like peas with my lasagna. (laughs) I like salad with my lasagna. And all of a sudden, that slight change has made what I perceive as perfection and the perfect dish to you it's not so to me perfection and perception are intrinsically interlinked a wonderful metaphor (laughs) (laughs) that one might go down in history the lasagna (laughs) but no I completely agree and that is entirely what this podcast is about to be honest it's just breaking down people's expectations um, and the word Perfect and perfection is such a loaded comment. Yeah. It's not really a quality. You can't deliver anything to a perfect it's standard. About the layers. Yeah. So to kick off the discussion, I would like to read as a quote today. So this one is by Jean Vanier, and it goes: "Community is not about perfect people. It is about people who are bonded to each other. Each of who is a mixture of good and bad, darkness and light, love and hate." Now, for me, I don't go a day without witnessing each of these qualities represented in the human race. It's really interesting. I'm reading a book called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. I've just got to the chapter that talks about how humans have always very much adapted to a them and us culture, which is in fact quite the opposite of community spirit. So tell me, Ruth, how do you think that community events can combat this them and us culture? Huge question. That's not a little <laughs> one to start. It's like, wham, go, go, go. Jeez. Um, well, as you say, community is just that. It's a mixture of so many different types of people. Um, you know, you and I, we're great friends. We socialise. We work well together. But are you and I the same person? Do we like the same things? No, we're very, very different people. So for me to provide an event that is suitable for you and for me... I have to kind of find a common ground. And I think that is where community to me sits and feels. It's about finding a common ground. 
because nothing is perfect for everybody. Everybody's lasagna is different. <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, more mints, less mints, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> and so that's the same with events and with communities because even, even within the community of my household, there are different desires and wants and needs from each and every member of my household. Mm. And so that as a community, as a home, is different needs and wants and desires. And therefore, when you're doing events, you have to think of that really big picture. So, yeah, it's about common ground for lots of people. You can't, there's that big, brilliant phrase, you can't please all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. So try and please some of the people some of the time. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and in that way, you can kind of, you know, it's about common ground and trying to identify so common and community they kind of sit Mm. hand in hand with me i think it's important to understand that each one of us as the quote suggests has something different to bring as well which is you know surely what diversity is about it's it's not about what you're giving it's about what you're bringing and helping other people with if that makes sense yeah so i think it's well known that in today's modern society that actual face-to-face and so contact and social interaction is on the decline uh, I think that's for me is quite worrying because um, again from some of the reading that I've been doing um, the human race is successful as a race because of our ability to collaborate as a race which requires a certain degree of social interaction. Yeah. I think we as event planners have a huge task on our hands even more so nowadays to actually pull people to those events and take people away from their screens. Um, so what sort of methods and systems and um, pulls, if you like, are you thinking about for the next year of events? Again, okay, I'm going to hook on your word there. You went race. But I'm going to use the word in its other term. You were going in human race. Mm, yes. uh, one of the things that we do is a soapbox derby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a soapbox race. So, um, and that's an, that's an amazing event. We started about five years ago um, and we do it on Father's Day. And it was something that we decided to do. Um, to bring families together. A lot of our events you experience on the day and it's literally you have all your fun and enjoyment and engagement on that one day. But with the Soapbox Derby on Father's Day, it's actually about the time you spend together beforehand that brings that apparition of of the, the whole race then comes to the climax on race day. But you've spent weeks and months beforehand designing, building, constructing your cart. And what we found is that it's now not just families that are doing it, it's actually community groups and neighbours and, and that kind of thing. They're all coming together to, to build a cart. They have a common goal. They have mm. some common ground that they want to do something together. And we find that it's actually, for most of the teams, it's not about winning. Of course they'd like to win. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's going to compete in the race and want to win. But you can see the love and the passion and the camaraderie and the enjoyment. So, for instance, at Soapbox Derby, we had a team last year, that uh, a father and his son, who some must be in his late teens, um, but his son has a series of social-emotional difficulties and challenges that he lives with. Um, so there was the, the dad and the son. Then there was the dad's brother and a, and a family friend. And so they built, well, they started off with just building a, a, a soapbox, which then became a World War One tank, which then became a World War One tank with everybody in costumes and outfits and sandbags. There was bunting. There was, there was all <laughs> sorts around it. Mm. But what the amazing thing for me was is to see the relationship between this young, this young boy with social emotional difficulties that he finds those kind of conf- those um, environments really difficult. Mm. But he thrived and he expanded his life, and you could see the th- pure thrill of the day yeah. that was with him. Spoke- speaking to them about it as well, 
And they then also explained that during the building process at home, the, the, the dad and the uncle, their dad has got dementia. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going in to visit him in a care home and they're, they're talking to him. But because they were talking to dad about the soapbox and what they were doing, mm-hmm. suddenly dad with dementia suddenly came to life. And they were able to talk and they were able to communicate. And they Amazing. had this kind of common ground of the excitement of the soapbox that, that even though dad was poorly and he was losing lots and lots of elements of his memory... This excited him yeah. and he wanted to be engaged. And they, they, their words were to me is, we've learned how to communicate with dad again. So then in terms of events, what we are providing for the community is a soapbox derby and a race. But actually what we provided for that family, we facilitated a whole family across multiple generations bonding and coming together, which was so much more valuable and precious and intense than the physical race itself, but all are encompassed by us providing that community event. So yeah, there's far much more than just the event. That's so wonderful as well, because obviously that one is quite a unique case, but the other people participating in the race, it's not just a one-day event, like we've said. There are instances of that that do impact people's lives, but the the run-up to that has definitely been so powerful for those people, and that is a really excellent instance of that. And also, there's so many benefits of bringing people outside as well. I know, obviously, that is a, an outdoor event. You know, it's so proven that it's good for the immune system, the skin. And yeah, you know, I've been to that event, so it's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun. Good fun. Um, on that note as well, so I know you've talked about uh, this in a recent article, which I'll link in the show notes for our listeners to have a read of. But we are such a society that demands instant access to so many things. And it's normally within the palm of our hands with, you know, inventions like food deliveries, cars that literally just turn up at your door, willing to take you wherever. And moving into the topic of inclusion, this year I know it's part of your goals to target people that aren't as lucky and don't have that instant access and don't take it as as granted as much for granted as such so as you say access and inclusivity at events is huge um as i said to you earlier at the start you know it's all about common ground but mine and your common ground is much easier to find and we can find that quite quickly and easily but if you've got a disability either a physical one or an emotional one um then that common ground can be harder to find if you're really looking for it but actually making really small changes can make people feel really included as part of the event. So for instance, at our events, we'll have a viewing area that people with wheelchairs can come and view if they'd like to. But we're not segregating those people mm. in those chairs and saying you have to sit here. Yes, it has to be a... Is What's the term? Posit- is it positive discrimination yeah. where it becomes too... It's, it's about PA choice. Almost, yeah. It's literally about choice and giving opportunities um, making sure, so for instance, we worked a lot, uh, we're going to be doing a lot on changing all of our signage this year and just literally changing the typeface and the colours of uh, the basic signage um, around the event um, so that it makes it easier and more contrast to read. So therefore, that's not having specific signage for those people with sight impairment. Yes. Everybody gets the, the same. same signage and, and therefore it works. And it's really, really tiny, really, really subtle, but it works. We've got an event coming up in April where we're doing a um, St. George's Day parade. So there's going to be a marching band. There's a St. George on horseback. We've got, um, it's got a medieval theme as well. And it's got, so there's dignitaries, there's the mayor, and then we're inviting lots of all local uniformed youth. There's medieval um, musicians as well. So there's pipers and drummers. 
So it's going to be very... Oh, we got a dragon and fire dance oh, as wow. well. So <laughs> can't forget the dragon on St. George's Day. Um, so there's lots and lots of things going on. It's loud. It's vibrant. It's colourful. It's bringing all the community together. We're celebrating our local uniformed youth. Mm. Um, so at that event, um, I have got a disabled viewing area where people, should they wish, can have that um, and utilise that space. But I've also been in contact with one of the local shops that are gla- that is glass-fronted that looks onto the parade route. Um, and in fact, it's not a shop, it's a local bank mm. um, where they have a meeting room, they say, that's glass-fronted that looks onto the parade route. So we're offering that as a low sensory area. So they can all the participants can still see the parade. So if you've got a member of your family that doesn't like over-noise stimulation, just gets overwhelmed by too many senses being stimulated all at the same time, they can go into this room watch the parade but the sound is then just dampened mm. and they can still be part of it and be feel included in part of the event and get to experience something that they might not have experienced before and for me as an event organizer all that took was me going into this local bank and saying please can we use this room for an hour of your time on Sunday mm. afternoon and they said yes certainly of course no problem yeah and that was it done didn't cost me anything didn't do anything but that little bit of thought and my observation of the area and knowing how things work I can then hopefully attract other families that might not have come because it would have just been too much Mm. but by taking away the sense of sound it will no longer be too too much but they can still enjoy it so it's it's about thinking about what tiny little things we can do as event organizers that can have a really big impact onto somebody yeah, excellent. I mean, that sounds amazing. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned signage, actually, because this was something I was going to talk to you about. Okay. <laughs> because it's important for everyone not to assume that what's going on behind closed doors, you don't know how much it's how much effort is taken for someone to come to an event and also how much that day means to them. So on the signage note, I mean, I've put that up probably a hundred times or so, and I didn't realise that the black on the contrast of the yellow is to help a certain type of impairment. So... It's just, um, you know, it's amazing to know these things and also so good not to assume on the side of the participants. Yeah. So you talk about in the article your partnership with the local charity Buds. So tell me more about how long that's been going and what kind of projects you've been working on them with. So Buds are a local uh, disability charity that represent the needs of lots of people with disabilities and also many, 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 many different types of disabilities. You know, when you say disability, you automatically think of somebody in a wheelchair. Mm. But that's not that that is a tiny fraction of the types of people that we think of when we're when we're planning an event. You know, somebody with ADHD behaves very differently to somebody who needs a walking stick. Um, so by working with buds we've we've basically well I've learned. I personally have learned, I've grown, I've developed um, I don't. I don't know anybody with a physical disability. I know some people with emotional disabilities, um, but nothing with any with any physicality. So they've opened my eyes into the process that we go through to now to to identify. So buds have also awarded the council that I work for um, the Fair for All award, which shows that we go above and beyond. And through a lot of communication with them lately is because there's now lots of other organisations who would also like the Fair for All Award. Mm. Um, and what Bud say to them is, is is that actually the main key difference between us and, and, and other people that put on local events is that we it's about the people. So we train and empower 
and guide all of our staff and volunteers to really help those people as individuals. And that's what, as an events team, and that's what we are, we are a team. So they, so from all of our suppliers, the guys that I work with, the team of volunteers, people like yourself that kind of come in and, and help out, everybody is empowered to know that they can make a difference. Mm. And that's what makes a difference, is knowing that you can make a difference. I love that word, empowered yeah. as well. That's, that's really good. Thank yeah. you for using that. No worries. And um, I think it, it, I'm a real advocate of what you're talking about as well. I think it's so important to seek expert help. I'm never afraid to ask someone that's, you know, in a more um, advantageous if place than yourself. We don't. Yes. Because we are not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> We're not perfect. And we have to get that from everybody because we have to absorb from others. Mm. We don't have the skills. Um, you say, and, and but some people are fearful of getting that other knowledge. Mm. Um, but no, you absorb, absorb, absorb. And congratulations on that recognition of the award from from them as well. That's that's really great to hear. Um, so I hear that there's bigger plans this year to make events more inclusive as well, um, and in line with the continued growth of representation. So, do you think we'll ever reach a perfect balance of audience and interest? Oh my goodness. Oh, wow, 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 wow. No, it'll never be perfect. It'll never be perfect. We can't be perfect. There's a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> I don't know But what we can do is we can improve. So we've been working on accessibility, inclusivity for five years. And in that time, we have seen a massive growth of those with disabilities at our events. So what was quite a niche market at the start by making these teeny tiny little changes that haven't cost us very much money, in lots of cases, no money, have actually increased our footfall and our, and our um, attendees at events, specifically with those with disabilities. Um, so therefore, that's a good thing. Put the service out there and those service users will come to you. But that still makes our events still amazing for everybody else because it's about everybody mm. um, and bringing the community together and finding that common ground within the community there is a fine balance as well because i think um i guess with the recognition of awards such as this everyone will know that the event is for everyone whereas i think if you looked at your marketing and targeted something specifically if, for example if you advertise that there was a disabled viewing area yeah the human within me says that I feel like some people would be put off with that by that because they would feel possibly excluded if they thought that they would have to sit on the disabled viewing area. I, that might be an assumption on my behalf, but I think that it's about how you target it and how you market it. Yeah. We're all, I think we're all just looking for options to exclude ourselves in a weird way because you would go, oh, well, that doesn't, that, that event's not for me because it's mentioned that. We're almost... Yeah. Um, What's the word? We almost exclude ourselves. The events don't exclude us. We choose to be excluded in, in a weird way. And you're right, because there are a lot of events out there that are specifically for those with disabilities. Mm. So you will have um, uh, events that are, so for instance, sounds weird, a nightclub for those with um, audio and uh, sensory disabilities. And you kind of think, Wow, does, does that really work? And they're massively popular. Yeah. Because, you know, just because you've got ADHD or autism or you've got Down syndrome, what, whatever, I'm literally just picking random mm. words. Um, it's, you know, as a young person, you still have that right and that need yes. to experience 
what it feels like to be in a nightclub with your friends and absorbed by that. And, <laughs> and to learn you don't and, want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with our events, what's really important is that it's 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 not exclusively for disabled, it's not exclusively for abled, it's that common ground between everybody. Therefore, in the marketing and the advertising and the promotion, it's aimed at everybody. But then it then goes down into the detail. And when we go into the detail, you'll say, yeah, there is a viewing area, should you want it. There is um, a, a low sensory room, should you want it. Um, and that we kind of just kind of keep that information below the line. And if you're looking to find it, you can find it. And if you're not, then you won't. Um, but we're now getting, but what we're also finding is that we now have a reputation for doing events well for those mm. with disabilities. Um, and as I say, it's, it's, it's about the difference between that we, our staff and our volunteers make a difference. Um, and that's what sets us apart. Um, mm. And ev- But the thing is, everybody can achieve that. Yeah. Every, every single event organiser can achieve that. It, it's so doable. I haven't got a magic wand. I haven't been to months of training and years of, 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 of kind of exams and degrees and that kind of thing. It's common sense. It's common decency and it's about thinking about fellow human beings. Um, and unfortunately in society, as you said earlier, technology, it takes away so many of those integrational skills that we have lost across the years. Mm. My background and um, pre-events was in, in catering and hospitality. So the service industry about thinking about other people, it's always kind of like being ingrained in who I am. Yeah. And that now it comes out through the events planning, but... It's just about offering really, really good service and being nice, being nice to our friends, being nice to our colleagues, being nice to our visitors and just thinking about how that individual feels and how you can help that their experience because mm. we can make a difference to making somebody happy. And why wouldn't you want to do it? Yes. <laughs> why wouldn't you? No, yeah, that's completely <laughs> admirable. Yeah. And I think when we talk about, um, I know we've joked about it a little bit, but in terms of having this perfect world or to say if you're expecting a perfect representation of you know the human race at an event I just don't think that's a thing it's a someone view each individual will view that as different um each individual will have a different criteria yes. for that so just like the lasagna yes <laughs> someone want peas someone want sauce I mean some people are vegetarians they won't have mint exactly that so it's just yeah it's never going to happen some people might even want extra aubergine in it and that's just it but it doesn't stop that event being perfect or slightly perfect or slightly not mm. for each individual we're not going to get it perfect for everybody and even when you're having your lasagna if you like the crunchy bits you have to eat the bit on the side mm-hmm. if you like the gooey bits you have the bit in the middle and that's also important as well is that you with an event with a community event it's it's so people can pick and choose what they want and as long as you've got lots of different elements that lots of people that can take the bits that they would like then that's, that, that leads you down the right path as well. Mm. And it, I, we talked about this on my last podcast as well, but um, having a growth mindset, like we were saying, that you take the, the bad, the neg- you take the negative things with the positive times. So yeah. accepting people's feedback and growing on it, because that's all you can do. We're all sort of, as you said, the aim is just to make people happy. And yeah. don't think anyone can fault anyone that's trying to make other people happy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the world is becoming more and more diverse every day. I can't even keep up with the amount of, you know, gender terms that we have nowadays and, it's a constant fear of, you know, being PC and things like that. So 
everyone's trying to say the right thing and this yeah. culture of wokeism and everything like that. And as you say, when in the communication message as well, that makes it can make it difficult. Mm. Um, which again, which is why we're, we're, we're very honest in case of these are the things we are offering, but also these are the things we can't do. These are the challenges that this environment or this event sets. So one of the areas that we work in has cobblestones. That is a nightmare if you're in a wheelchair or if you have mobility issues or if you have to have a stick um, or whatever type of walking aid you might need, we can't change that. I can't spend tens of thousands of pounds matting that over. So in our in our literature, we say this on cobbles, it will be difficult. Mm. So as you say, but it's 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 not being afraid of using words and terminology or actually putting your hand up and saying we're not good at this. Mm. This isn't perfect. And that's important as well because you're setting their expectations. So Correct. their level and gauge of perfect for that event almost becomes in line with yours. So yes. Yeah. So right right from the off, we're saying this isn't perfect. We acknowledge that. Hmm. But so you know as well. So when you rock up and it's cobblestones, you know that and you can make an informed decision on what you want to do. Hmm. Um like asking for peas or salad. <laughs> 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 Excellent. So, Ruth, that was a very interesting and in-depth um, and honest discussion with an interesting metaphor running throughout. I'm sure everyone will agree. Um, so to finish off with sort of a light-hearted note, I always like to ask our guests, in their opinion, uh, what is the most perfect thing you've done or delivered or happened to you in your life? I think the most perfect thing will have to have been bringing my three children into the world. Oh, um, wonderful. Yeah, Definitely. And I can vouch that they're a credit to Ruth. <laughs> and then to flip that on its head, what about the most imperfect thing that you think you've done? Bringing my three children into the world. <laughs> Probably could vouch for that too. <laughs> exactly that. Excellent. Um, and now tell us, if anyone wants more information um, about everything we've talked about, I think that's accessible via the Town Council Facebook page. That's right. Which I'll link in the show notes um, and any listeners that want to meet Ruth or attend some of your wonderful events, um, I'm sure they're more than welcome um, and will be included. They will and, certainly <laughs> And you can contact Ruth via the Facebook for those details. Uh, Ruth, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for your input and your time. You're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always.